What do Abraham Lincoln and Charles Darwin have in common? Well, surprisingly, there are significant similarities between these two famous men. And there's one very important difference. Stay tuned. The way we respond to God in tragedy shows really what we believe about Him being the creator and the governor of our life. This is Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a Creation Radio Journal. I'm Chris O'Brien with the Institute for Creation Research. Lincoln and Darwin are not names that you'd normally hear in the same sentence. But these two historical figures are similar in some very ominous ways. What are they? And what is the main difference between them? Go back in time with us for the next 15 minutes as we compare the great slave emancipator with the father of the evolution movement. The first interesting parallel we notice about Abraham Lincoln and Charles Darwin is their birth date. Although they were born an ocean apart, both came into this world on February 12, 1809. Lincoln's birthplace was a one-room log cabin in Kentucky, while Darwin was born to a prominent family in Shrewsbury, England. However, the entity that made them so similar and so different at the same time was something that changed both their lives, challenged their characters, and shook them to their very souls. ICR biologist Dr. Gary Parker tells us that both men were surrounded by death. Darwin, who'd started off, you know, as a nominal member of the church at least, and with a concept of God, and even studied theology and so on, seemed to be driven farther and farther and farther in his own mind from the God who'd created him. He saw the struggle and death on the Galapagos Islands as he sailed around the, the world, he, and then the death of his own daughter seemed to push him over the edge. And even though he seemed to be horrified at struggle and death, what he later on called the war of nature, he made a substitute for God and used it to explain all appearance of design without any reference to a designer. But another man was born on that same day, that same year, Abraham Lincoln. And he wasn't born with a silver spoon in his mouth, so to speak, like Darwin was. He had a hard life to start with. And even though the nation was Christian at the time, he was not, did not begin his life close to God. But the more horror that he saw around him and the beginning of the desperation of the Civil War and the awful slaughter that followed drove him closer to God rather than away from God, the only solution to the problems of mankind. Lincoln and Darwin felt the heartbreak of death in their early years. Lincoln's mother died when he was just nine years old, and Darwin lost his mother when he was only eight. But another great sorrow fell upon them both, when death took from each of them their favorite child. Dr. Parker tells us of Abraham Lincoln's reaction at the death of his 11-year-old son, Willie. When his own son died while he was in the presidency, he's quoted as saying, My poor boy, he was too good for this earth. God called him home. I know he's much better off in heaven, but then we loved him so it's hard, hard to have him die. And yet he realized the ultimate hope is to be found in our risen Lord. However, Charles Darwin had a very different response upon the death of his 10-year-old daughter, Annie. Dr. Andrew Snelling is director of research at Answers in Genesis. He says when Darwin lost his child, he turned against God and lost all faith in a benevolent creator. He obviously hadn't embraced the good news of Jesus Christ because otherwise he would have recognized that Death and suffering are not the normal way that God wanted things to be. They're intruders. 
they weren't there to begin with. So Darwin must not have had a, a thorough understanding of the scriptures to recognise that the scriptures clearly teach that God created a good world and it was man who brought death and suffering to the world by his disobedience. And instead of blaming God for the loss of his daughter, he should have been angry at the curse, angry at the suffering in the world, but at the same time look to God, be drawn closer to him as Lincoln was. So that was the contrast. Lincoln obviously believed that we have a good God and death and suffering is not the norm. And so it's amazing that these two men, born on the same day, had similar experiences and went totally different directions. It's because of the mindset that they had, the society in which they lived, the people that they had contact with, the influences on their thinking that caused them under that suffering to diverge in two different directions. And so the two men went their separate ways based on their understanding of the world and God's interaction with the world in the past and also their understanding of the gospel message. Clearly, Abraham Lincoln was drawn closer to God. Darwin always had his doubts. And even though he had a wife who was a Christian, he kept on going with his ideas which were more and more turning his back on God and blaming God for the death of his child when it wasn't God's fault. It was because of the curse and sin that had come into the world. Therefore, what you believe about creation or evolution really does affect the way you live your life, even if you're not a Christian. Abraham Lincoln is a good example of this, as he was not a born-again believer at the time of his son's death. Yet his belief in the Creator dictated the way he responded to tragedy. On the other hand, Charles Darwin had a completely different outlook on life. David Barton, historian and founder of Wall Builders in Alito, Texas, says staying faithful to God during a crisis is an indication of strong character. Significantly, uh, out of that is, is what we see in, in Proverbs 19.3 where it says, it's the foolishness of a man's heart that causes him to question why against the Lord. So on the one side, when these tragedies came, you didn't say why. That would be like the clay asking a potter, why did you make me this way? In that verse in Isaiah. So that's what we see with Lincoln. He had submitted to God. He had submitted his character and his heart to God. It was tragic. It hurt him. But he wasn't going to turn his back on God. And that's a lot of character. Whereas on the other side, you see a completely different response with Darwin. He didn't like the outcome. He didn't like the way it went. That wasn't fair. He didn't want to lose his daughter. And, of course, there had been countless generations before that went through the same type of tragedy. But the way we respond to God in tragedy shows really what we believe about him being the creator and the governor of our life. And Darwin had not accepted that. It's evident that even though Lincoln didn't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ up to this point, his belief in a creator was profound. you find that throughout his speeches, for not being a Christian, at least by his own profession, he quotes more Bible and he quotes more about the Creator God in every speech than virtually any political leader I've ever seen in my life. He's very deep in it. And he had the same understanding as did those in the founding era, that God was not only Creator, but because he was Creator, that authorized him to be Governor. And so he made this clear connection that the one who made you, therefore, has the right to tell you how to live your life. And one of his most famous speeches and by the way, he keeps going back to the creator part time and time again. But one of his most famous speeches was given 
in Philadelphia at Independence Hall. He said, now, my countrymen, if you've been taught doctrines conflicting with the great landmarks of the Declaration of Independence, let me entreat you to come back. Come back to the truths that are in the Declaration of Independence. And the portion of the Declaration that he chose to quote every time was about the Creator, that the Creator made all men equal, that the Creator endowed them with certain inalienable rights, and that was the whole basis of his political philosophy. He actually declared, I never had a political thought that did not spring from the sentiments embodied in the Declaration of Independence. So his belief in the Creator was really powerful. Uh, his belief in Christianity was very practical, and then it became very personal late in his life before his death. So just when did Abraham Lincoln dedicate his life to the Lord? David Barton tells us that what Lincoln saw after a certain battle midway through the Civil War really caught the attention of the 16th president. His personal relationship with Christ, he testified to an Illinois clergyman occurred after the Battle of Gettysburg when he walked among the graveyard there and he saw all the, the dead bodies and, and the, the grave markers to them. He said that it was at that point that he personally committed himself to Christ. He had been through a lot of personal tragedy. His life had been marked by tragedy, the loss of his son, so many other things. Bless his heart, he just he had a really tough life. But he told the clergyman that it was not until after Gettysburg and Gettysburg Address that, that he really committed himself to Christ. And that becomes very, very, very evident in the second inaugural address. I mean, that's, that's probably one of the most spiritually profound uh, pieces of American literature that you will ever see. Theologically, it is deep. We find that although Abraham Lincoln and Charles Darwin had much in common, the major issue that separated them made all the difference in what they did with their lives and how they influenced others. Dr. Parker explains. The differences between them really are based on the differences between the creationist and the evolutionary worldview. And strikingly so, it was Lincoln's acknowledgement and is willing to stand firm on what our Declaration had already stated, that all men are endowed by their Creator with certain inalienable rights. And he could see that all men were brothers, descendants of Adam and Eve, and more recently of Noah and their family. And believing like the Apostle Paul, that God has made of one blood all the tribes and tongues of nations of people that afford to dwell upon the earth, he was able to stand and work out that in a way that, that sparked freedom around the world. It brought freedom, more freedom to this country than it had known before. And whereas Darwin undid. England had been the, the evangelist of the world, sent missionaries everywhere, including America, and stimulated revivals more, or conquering the world for Christ, bringing people into fellowship worldwide. And he separated that now into warring factions. And Hitler picked up on the idea of racial superiority that Darwin preached in his second book, The Descent of Man, and figured it was not only his right but obligation uh, to wipe out or subjugate inferior races. What a difference, tracing right back to that key difference between are we created in God's image, or are we just the products of time, chance, struggle, and death. Dr. Snelling tells us that today, each of us faces the same decision that both Lincoln and Darwin had to make. Do we turn our backs on God when trials come and choose to believe in the chance process of evolution? Or do we put our trust in an all-knowing, all-loving, faithful creator? We might live in a cruel world, but we worship a loving God. That loving God was prepared to allow his son 
to face this cruel world and suffer the worst that this cruel world could throw at him. And yet he conquered that. He died for us, but he rose again to offer us hope. And you know, that's the tragedy. So many people today turn their back on God rather than reaching out to him. He's just waiting for us to come. Like a a father who wants his children to come back to him and acknowledge who he is, call him daddy and ask for his forgiveness and be accepted into his family, to his loving embrace. I mean, that's the challenge we have as we talk about this, about Abraham Lincoln and Charles Darwin, bringing it to the, to the present day. Are we going to put our faith in that God, no matter what the storms of life throw at us, and recognise that he's the loving creator who made everything, who sent his son Jesus Christ to die for us? That's the choice that we each have to make. As our program comes to a close, we hope that you've been encouraged. It's our desire at ICR to show that the Bible can be trusted, both historically and scientifically, and to give facts that will build your faith. As Christians, we need to understand the scientific basis for our beliefs. We pray that this program will aid you in your discovery of science and the Bible. You know, most people aren't aware that today there are thousands of scientists that are convinced of the truth of biblical creation and not evolution. Our non-denominational ministry aims to restore and strengthen the Genesis foundations of the Christian faith. If you've enjoyed today's edition of Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a Creation Radio Journal, why not visit us on the web to find out more about the work of ICR. The address is www.icr.org. Again, www.icr.org. Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a Creation Radio Journal, is a production of ICR. For the Institute for Creation Research, I'm Chris O'Brien. Thanks for tuning in.